Hi, welcome to Too Close to the Sun, Art Obsessions, from Mercury 20 Gallery in Oakland's Art District. I'm your host, Elizabeth Schur, and in this episode, Then and Now, we will be talking with founding member Kathleen King about the gallery's beginnings, this year's 15th anniversary, and best of all, how Kathleen transforms what she finds on the streets of Oakland into engaging and thought-provoking sculptures and collages. So let's get to it. Hi, Kathleen. It's so great to be talking with you here on uh, our first official podcast of Too Close to the Sun, Art Obsessions, Mercury 20 Gallery. And you are a founding member, I believe. Yeah, way back when, 2005, 2006, there was an art walk in LA at the Brewery Arts Center, and it was getting a lot of publicity. And over here in the East Bay, the scene was right after the first dot-com boom and bust. There was this kind of folk, punk, hip-hop, music art scene. There were artist-run galleries like uh, Bootling and Blank Space and Mama Buzz Cafe and these artists got together and said, well, let's do an art walk. And it was very popular right off the bat. A lot of people were coming to it. So there was this guy who was an artist, Robert Tomlinson, and he had this studio, this storefront at 25 grand. And he saw this art walk. It was called the Art Murmur. He said, wow, a lot of people are coming to see art. I got to get in on this. So he wanted to start a collective, you know, art gallery. Pro Arts in those days used to do open studios and they had this show every summer where they would show everybody's work that was going to be in open studios. And Robert went down there and he picked up on some artists that he liked and he sent everybody a letter. I still have my letter. And he said, do you want to come down and join a meeting to talk about having a collective gallery? I did do that and with a bunch of other people. And that's how I became a founding member. We started in the late summer of 2006. How has being a member of Mercury 20 affected or changed your work? You know, over 15 years, my work has definitely evolved. Being able to have the opportunity to present a solo show every year really, really challenged me to develop. I mean, that's a that's a big challenge. When I started out, I was doing abstract expressionist painting, but I moved into doing assemblage in sculpture installations. I'm interested in developing and growing my works. You know, 11 shows in 15 years, 11 solo shows, that's a lot. And many group shows. A lot of evolving. Yes, a lot of change and evolution. How did you come up with the name? Were there 20 of you? We just kind of sat around and shot out a whole billion bunch of names and nothing was really sticking. And somebody said, oh, I like this gallery. It's called Fine Silver. Isn't that a pretty name, Fine Silver? And we were like, yeah, somehow it, you know, it kind of morphed into Mercury. So I think we thought that Mercury was the element, you know, the one that's kind of shiny and watery. And it has to do with change, the Mercury that's in the thermometer. And then kind of the planet Mercury, we liked that too. You know, later on, we found out that the craters on Mercury are named after artists, which we didn't know, but... It's kind of a neat thing. And we always had about 20 members because that's kind of like the optimal number. It was enough people to you know, do the work of running the gallery because that's what it is. It's an artist-run gallery and we pay the rent and do all the work ourselves. So that's how it happened. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> 
big 15th year anniversary coming up. What are the plans to celebrate that? We're going to start off with a little kickoff, little anniversary party. We're also producing a catalog, uh, which will come out by the end of the year, and a video with the Oakland Art Murmur. And finally, at the end of the year, our group show is going to be a show with current and past members. So we're going to celebrate our history and longevity with a, a group show. Good plans. I know. It's going to be fun. Glad to be a part of it. We were over there on 25th, 20, uh, 25 grand for like three and a half years. We were deep in the bush years. Two of our members did a show called Homeland and we had some, just some great shows over there. And why did you move? And they wanted to change things in our, our space and it, it wasn't too good for showing art. So uh, we decided we were going to take off and move. And we looked all around the, the Art Murmur area there. So there was this huge space that this guy this landlord had gotten and it used to be a a a glass company everything over there has to do with cars you know it's automobiles and cars and glass and all that stuff so he had a huge bunch of buildings and he was he liked art and he was going to develop it as art galleries and studios and things and he did so we decided on 25th street and there were other uh, galleries coming in over there at the time. I think we opened on 25th in May of 2010. So, uh huh, right. Would you say that the work of the membership has changed over the years as members have left and new members come in? Well, you know, that's the, so that's the process. We've had like 68 members over the years, people coming and going, and we choose the new members. So, the only changes that I've really seen are just what's popular in the art world kind of things. Like our show that's just uh, opening this week is one textile artist and two photographers. When when we started, we had more painters and, you know, maybe more traditional styles and stuff. Now we we have a lot of... T- we have a lot of textile people because textiles are really popular in the art world. How does someone become a member? You know, we have a pretty rigorous process. I mean, we are looking for the slam dunk people, the people that really fit in, because when you have a collective group, you, you know, you want some, you want the continuity, you know. We have a committee that vets the work, and if they think it's good enough, uh, go on a studio visit and meet the artist. And if they like the work and the artist, and they think that they'll, that they'll be a good member, they present it to the membership, and then the membership votes. And you have to get 75% of the members to vote yes, and then you're in. So everybody who's in has passed that that test. Mercury 20 is one of the oldest, longest-running um, artist-run galleries, at least in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. What do you attribute the longevity and the success to? You know, again, this collective structure, I think, is just the right way to do things. I mean, it really works. You know, new artists come in, old artists go. We've had the 68 members in 15 years. So the the gallery is constantly creating and recreating itself with this new energy, a lot of vitality that will come in. We've had lots of things that have happened that have been kind of challenging. Over time, we had to move and we had COVID. We were closed for a year. 
you know, obstacles come up, but we're flexible and we can respond to that, these things. So I think we've prevailed and I would consider us to be still a kind of a hot commodity because we have a waiting list to get in the gallery. And that's kind of amazing, you know, after all of this last year of uncertainty. So I think it's the structure, the collective structure that is the success. Right. So when did you start making uh, work from found materials and what was your inspiration for doing that? That's a long story, kind of involved. But as I said, I started out at Mercury 20. I was painting, um, doing the abstract expressionist, you know, that spontaneous process, which most people would say it comes from the inside out. You're pulling form out of your unconscious or your subconscious abstract form. I've always been an abstract artist. That's one thing I've always been. The good thing about being an artist, you know, it's it's a personal journey. So I came to realize, oh, well, I'm taking this stuff from the inside out, but how did it get in there? You know, well, it came in from the outside world, you know, the external world and that feedback loop of the social and the personal was always, always interesting to me. But I, around 2009, I started to think about you know, working with objects. And I'm interested in this quality of objects where there's a kind of a state of being that's within the objects. It's a bit of a spiritual and maybe a little philosophical, metaphysical thing, but I arrange my, gather, find, and arrange my objects to talk about the inner and outer worlds of people. I'm born and raised in Oakland and have lived in Oakland and Berkeley all my life. So the place of of this place is very important to me. Picking up my materials on the streets is important to me and my work. And I like these discarded materials because I feel like it disrupts the status of art as a commodity. You know, capitalist exploitation wastes people's lives. And you see that every day when you walk down the street it's so apparent in, in gathering and arranging and presenting things that our society throws away. I'm turning the hierarchy upside down. So, Do you wear gloves when you pick stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I pick things up with the very tips of my fingers. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't wear gloves. I thought of that before. But that seems too, uh, too prissy or something. But, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I am pretty middle class. And... I always hear my mother saying, don't touch that. That's dirty. Don't pick that up. Right. <laughs> As you're a kid, you're always picking stuff up. I push that memory away. It's kind of like shopping. You know, you don't have to pay for it. It's fun. There's so many interesting things to pick up. What is the most interesting thing you've ever found on the street? I don't think all my stuff is so interesting. It's very everyday. Like I like everyday things. They're not unique. They're kind of non-unique. So you could say that the way you arrange them makes them unique. Yeah, yeah. That's where where I'm working with. The transformation comes from the arrangement. Have you ever had a funny or strange experience with a a human being as you're walking around the streets or an an animal? (laughs) (laughs) There's many encounters, which I love because the street is not only the place where I get the materials, but I get the inspiration there. One of the things I have have done once I started doing this kind of work was taking pictures of things. And, you know, nobody cares if I pick anything up. Nobody bothers to care about that. But if I'm taking pictures, sometimes 
people kind of confront me and ask me what I'm doing because maybe they think I'm a cop or something, you know, and I'm doing surveillance or whatever. But once you say I'm an artist and I really like this, they love it, you know, I mean, because they love that you're, you see value in whatever it is that is there. So I was over on Telegraph in front of the honey shop there. This guy had this hauling truck. It was remarkable. I mean, it was so, you know, he built up the sides and he had it full of junk. Like it was bigger than the truck itself, the junk part of it. And he had it all tied down and we started to talk and he really was happy that I loved the way it looked. And I think he and I both understood that it was just something out of the ordinary and that he was kind of an artist too. He jerry-rigged this thing. He built it with what he had at hand. You know, we were sharing that aesthetic. And so we had a great discussion about how to make a big pile of something and how to keep it from crashing down. No bad ones, huh? No, oh no. Nothing bad ever happens to me, Elizabeth. I swear to God, you know, I never, my my life is more boring than than bad. (laughs) I would say it's blessed, not boring, but... (laughs) Yeah, but I think what you put out is what you get back in the world. So (laughs) I think people who are scared of the people on the street or condescend to them in an inner way, they get a different reaction. I agree. So I think the reason that nothing happens to you is that's what you put out. Well, here's the thing. I I have been walking on the streets since I was a little kid, you know, and the same street. So I feel very comfortable and confident, you know, in Oakland and Berkeley and San Francisco. I know you also do collage, small wall mm-hmm. collages. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I've always done collages all my art life. When my kids were little, I used to do collage because they, they would always interrupt me. And, you know, you can't paint and be interrupted, but you can do collage and be interrupted. So I always did collage then. But this year, I was did a lot of walking in the COVID year to get at it. And people would drop all these magazines on the on the curb. So I picked up a lot of great magazines and I love doing collages out of magazines. I, I don't usually work with representation, but, but I do pick a few things out of magazines that are, you know, representational and then, and then abs, you know, abstraction too. So I mix the two with collage. It's endlessly fun. Collage is, is pretty much the, the way of the modern world. We're all kind of cut up and fractured and so it makes a lot of sense. Do you think you'll keep working uh, in this mode for a while? Or have you thought about that or just wait until it plays out? I think the assemblage and sculpture, I'm only going to keep doing that. I like doing collage and uh, doing that on the side kind of, but that kind of comes and goes. Yeah, I'm I'm really into the, the uh, sculpture. The more sculptural I can get, the better. I'm not a trained sculptor. I went to art school and I would say I'm a trained painter. I'm on my own with the sculpture, but I like that. Do people send you things, you know, give you things, bring over their old buckets or whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, once people find out that I take <laughs> junk, they want to give me their junk. Of course, you know, a lot of people would give me old wood, which is really great and helpful. Sometimes I might be looking for something specific. My last show, I made part of so the sculpture was used books because... When you go out walking, you see all those little libraries everywhere. People put the books out. And so I was collecting books and I wanted some books with gold edges. So 
Joanne Biagini gave me all these books with gold edges that she had. So like I did all the glass jars and those are pretty much all mine. They just come from my household. So do you have a big warehouse where you keep all this at your house? (laughs) Well, I do have to recycle, but no, I just have a house and a garage and I have one room in my house. That's my studio. I have a backyard patio where I have some, a little wood shop and that's it. I don't have enough room. No artist has enough room. I would love to have a giant warehouse that I could fill up. (laughs) If you could have anything you wanted in your career or in your art life, what would it be? I would like to have a show at the New York MoMA. (laughs) Think big, think big. (laughs) No, it would be great to have a large studio. I have had a studio before, but at this point in time, I have a room in my house that's my studio. Storage becomes a problem. What is your favorite thing about Mercury 20 Gallery? The thing that's great about an artist-run and artist-centered gallery is that you can experiment and grow. Like you're not beholden to you know, a gallerist and you don't have to sell a number of works unless you want to, you know, it's whatever you are interested in. And I love being a part of an artist community. And I just love that my work and everything supports these careers of all these great artists. And I also like the fact that the public, you know, gets to see this great challenging work by these great accomplished artists. I feel like you know, our arts education isn't great for people. And I think Mercury 20 is educating people. Me too. What is your least favorite thing? (laughs) It's probably the same thing. The hardest thing, the hardest thing. Repeat above. (laughs) The hardest thing is always communicating with a a larger group of people and getting things done. It takes a lot of patience to work with a whole big group. I love the collective process. That's one of my obsessions, Liz, the collective process. I like it. I've been on in in groups before and I've been on a number of boards and I have found the way this group operates is the most pleasant and compatible that I have ever been a part of. That's one of the things that I like about it. There's no big fights or things like that. We just listen to each other and we come to a decision and I really enjoy that a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I think, I don't know, I I always wondered if it's just because we're all artists and we chose each other because it, that is part of the process. We all chose each other and we've kind of made a commitment to each other and we, it works out really well. I, I really, really, obviously I enjoy it because I've been, I haven't left in 15 years. So I love it. Well, I haven't been there nearly as long as you, but I love it too. Thanks to Kathleen King for all this great info. Our podcasts are available anywhere you get your podcasts and are also linked from mercury20.com. Please visit the website and follow us on Facebook and Instagram for past and future episodes and all kinds of other great stuff about the gallery. I'm your host, Elizabeth Schur, for Too Close to the Sun Art Obsessions. Thanks for listening.